simple. That's, that's the sermon series. Let's keep it simple. So I want to talk about a few basics from Colossians 1 and 2, and then I want to look at today's scripture. Are we recording, by the way? Ha <laughs> ha! Welcome, podcast listeners. We're talking about Colossians 3. Um, so uh, the world is complicated. We have over a thousand denominations in the U.S. We find all kinds of things to disagree about. We invent things to disagree so we can start a new church, a new gathering, a new way to divide, right? We're not bent as humans to unify. It's very hard for us. So again, if we strip some of the things away, maybe unity is possible, at least some unity. So in Colossians, where I think Paul is keeping it simple for these new Christians, he's getting to the heart of it. What, if you're a new Christian, you say, what's this about? Paul's trying to help. Number one, Jesus is, oh, excuse me, everything we see, everything that exists was created by God, which means God gets the first word over all creation, and the first word is love, grace, gift, okay? God creates everything. Everything that exists exists in God. So here's a passage from Colossians 1. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the one who is first over creation, because all things were created by him, both in the heavens and on earth. The things that are visible and the things that are invisible, whether they are thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Christ and for Christ. So th there's a lot to be said about this. I just want to say one thing, that we know the first word comes from God, which means nothing that exists is by its nature evil. And this is really hard. This is tough, right? We live in a world where if you watch the news, you think every system is corrupt. Every powerful person seems dishonest. Like, it feels like evil abounds. All I'm suggesting is if we take the scripture seriously, evil is just Darth Vader. <laughs> it's always Darth Vader. There's always goodness at the core. Somewhere inside, we've all been created by God. We are all our children of God. We all have a divine spark. And there's nothing that exists outside of God's redemptive potential. Nothing that can't be redeemed, right? So we're not allowed to lose hope. We're not allowed to lose hope in any institution, any individual, any family member. Now, that doesn't mean you don't draw boundaries. That doesn't mean you don't get safe. That, of course you have to do those things. But God gets the first word, and it's love, and it's grace, and all of us come from that word. And God's going to get the last word, and the last word's going to be love, and it's going to be grace. We just happen to be stuck in the middle of the sandwich right now. And, it, and as Christians stuck in the middle of the sandwich, we're sort of called to be the love and the grace that we don't see often enough. That's, that's, what, that's how we become the hands and feet of God, right? We try to remind everyone where the first word came from and what's going to happen in the last word, right? No one, not even you, <laughs> for some of you who have negative self-talk, are beyond God's redemptive reach because everything was created by God. Two, the fullness of God dwells in Jesus. When we see Christ, when we see Jesus, we see God. This is so helpful to me. I mentioned this last Sunday. This simplifies things a ton. You actually have a tangible view of what God looks like. When you look at Christ's teachings, when you look at Christ's life, you actually get to see what God is like in human form. And what do you know? It's not filled with greed or money or politics or power or military might. It is selfless love. It looks like the cross, right? That's what Jesus looks like. That's how God demonstrates power. 
in the, the cross is not an anomaly to God's power. It's the revelation of God's power. It's how the powers and principalities of this world are actually overcome through death, through being broken and poured out for the world. It's through selfless love that those things lose all their power over you. You no longer have to fear them. You no longer have to have anxiety about them, right? Love sets you free. When you see Christ, you see God. So I mentioned, this helps me with the Bible, which is really complicated, and there's lots of things where you read it and you scratch your head, and I'm like, I don't know how to make heads or tails of this. This is a really hard thing. If you read through, you start from Genesis, you start going through, you're going to run into a lot of difficult stuff. And in my mind, I say, Jesus is the filter. Jesus is the lens we read the whole Bible through. Jesus is Lord, even of the Bible. So anything that directly conflicts with Jesus' life, death, his teachings, I'm going to not throw out. It's the Bible. I'm going to call into question. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask some critical questions of those passages. Because when we see Jesus, we see God. God doesn't contradict God's self. Right? So anything that doesn't fit with Christ, we're going to say, hmm. And then I'm going to simplify, and I'm going to say, where, where, do I, where do I put my focus? Back on Jesus. Back on love. Back on the Gospels. All right, number three. This is review, and then we'll get to today. Number three. Christ breaks the chains and sets us free. Christ overcomes the powers and principalities of this world. And again, not through violence, not through worldly might, but through love. The work has been done. Everything was created by God. God demonstrates what God is like in the person of Jesus. And through Christ, all the powers have been broken and we are now free. That's the good news. Amen? Amen. 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 So being Christian in part is just recognizing it's already happened. The work's already done. All the ways in which we're chained are self-imposed. We do it. Because the freedom that Christ offers has nothing to do with where I live, what political system I'm under, what economic system I'm under, right? It has nothing to do with that. It's, it's like a spiritual freedom. It's an internal freedom that says I no longer have to be afraid or be controlled or be angry. I get to let go of all of that. Christ has done the work. For me, then, it becomes about accepting that, embracing the work that Christ's already done. It's like, it's like exhaling, like, uh, it's like letting go. But I, I want to live like this, holding on to all my stuff. Right? This is how I want to live. And it's like, uh, it's, been, it's done. The work has been done. Right? Okay. So then this is today. Therefore, what should we do? What's our response then to this? Colossians 3. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed. If you jump down. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. So the response is, we acknowledge what God has done, and then we say, okay, well then I'm going to like let these things in my life go. Right? My response is like, in gratitude, I'm going to alleviate this stuff. But I want to reframe it. And you've heard me say this, but I, I, at some point I want it to become second nature to you, like internalized to the place like this is your natural reaction. Paul is not saying avoid sexual immorality and lust and like don't be greedy because you're going to go to hell. I just don't think that's what's going on in this passage or other passages like it. 
I don't think this is about punishment. I don't think this is about fear. I think this is Paul saying, you've been offered a wonderful gift. Would you like to take it? Taking the gift means getting rid of the junk in your life because all it does is control you. All it does is hurt you. All it does is hurt others. You've been given this wonderful gift. You've been set free by Christ, and yet you want to bind yourself to all this junk, this crap that holds you down? Why? That's how you create self-imposed chains. And we focus so much on, like, the behavior. Like, we think of sexual immorality. It's like, oh, right? We get all, yes, that person's like, ooh, they're having premarital sex. Or are they living together? Like, we want to get into all of that. Like, if, if you could just avoid that, that's the real issue. And that's not the real issue. I want to go one layer deeper with this list. I want to go to the things in our lives, the junk in our life, that makes me feel like I need this stuff so that I'm okay. What is it that makes me feel like I need more things so that I can be happy? Where it, what, what's the emptiness? What's the hole in my life that makes me feel like I need more sexual partners so that I can feel attractive? Where, where's the core that leads to the behavior? The behavior is like the weed. What's the root? Like we don't, I don't want to stay on the surface. I want to say, what is it in me that makes me feel like I really am not good enough unless I am in a position of power? Unless I'm some great academic that everyone has to listen to, right? This is my junk. What makes me feel like I have to go to a conference and then tell everyone my CV? Oh, you know, like find a way to slip in why I got published last or what. Why? That's the stuff that keeps me bound. That's what keeps me separated from God. That's what keeps me separated from all of you, right? Because then I've got to try to hide it. I've got to try to mask it. I've got to feel shame about it. But if we realize that these powers, these things that bind us, those have already been broken. Jesus has already shown us how to break them. And it's through selfless love. It's not about me anymore. It becomes about God. It becomes about others. It becomes about service. It becomes about faith. Suddenly, I don't need, if I really accept that I'm a child of God, then I don't need a bunch of sexual partners to feel good about myself. And I don't need a bunch of stuff. And I don't need to go shopping. And I don't need more money because I recognize all that stuff is just going to bind me further from God. So this is not about punishment. Paul's not saying you're going to go to hell if this happens. He's saying, why would you want to live like this anymore? You don't have to. You've been set free. This is what Paul writes to a bunch of new Christians who are trying to figure out what's the good news. Everything's created by God. When you see Jesus, you see God. Jesus has set you free. So don't go back and bind yourself to anything anymore. Okay, so here's the deal. All of us, every one of us, has a signature vice. Maybe more. <laughs> a signature vice. What I mean is the thing that you deal with over and over and over again, and then it shows up in so many of your behaviors that you know you don't like, others don't like. And I don't know if that's, it could be anger, it could be selfishness, it can be greed, it can be all kinds of stuff, right? But you know what you deal with. I just want to remind you, I just want to tell you, you don't have to live like this anymore. Jesus has done the work and set you free. Overcome every power, every principality. That whatever it is that binds you, you can let go of. That it can literally be replaced with selfless, sacrificial love for yourself and for other people. And that's when faith 
starts to take root in our hearts and our lives when we see real transformation. So will you take the gift that Christ has? Like, will you just say yes to it? Like, oh, like, I, like yes, let's take that. Let's internalize it and let's be free. Let's pray.